Living as we do in an era in which public figures are subjected to extreme scrutiny in the form of media intrusions, we tend to think of our interest in reconciling public images with private sexual conduct as uniquely postmodern. In fact, Americans have long invested national heroes with superior moral status and at the same time probed into their private lives. If the Founding Fathers seem remote to us now, that distance persists despite the efforts of generations of biographers who attempt to take their measure as leaders and tell us what they were really like in their most intimate relationships. From the early years of the Republic till now, biographers have attempted to burnish the Founders' images and satisfy public curiosity about their lives beyond public view. At the same time, gossips and politically motivated detractors, claiming to have the inside track on new information, have circulated scandalous or unpleasant stories to knock these exalted men off their pedestals. Looking back at the stories and assessments that have proliferated in the two and a half centuries since the Founders' generation, we see the dual nature of these accounts and how they oscillate between the public and the private, between the idealized image and actions in the intimate realm. We see how each generation reshapes images of the Founders to fit the storyteller's era. On the one hand, the Founders appear desexualized. The images of the Founding Fathers that we regularly encounter, as heads on money, as reference points in discussions about political ideology, and as monuments at tourist sites, assert their status as virtuous American men. They typically appear either disembodied, as heads or busts, or in clothing that reminds us of their political or military position. Their flesh is covered from neck to wrists, with only hands and face exposed. Typically, the men are frozen in advanced age, generally gray-haired, if not topped off with wigs, further confirming their identities as desexualized elder statesmen for generations of Americans who associate sexual activity with youth. On the other side of the coin, curiosity about their real lives has continued seemingly unabated into our own time. In 1810, Mason L. Parson Weems, originator of the cherry tree myth, emphasized the importance of discussing George Washington's personal life. Weems argues that public character is no evidence of true greatness and calls for a spotlight to be shined on his private life. Weems gives the compelling example of Benedict Arnold, who could play you the great man, yet in the private walks of life reveal himself to be a swindler, including not only his political deception, but his use of the aid of loose women. For Weems, the Founders' intimate relationships should not be off-limits for Americans. It is not, then, in the glare of public, but in the shade of private life, that we are to look for the man. Private life is always real life. To truly know them, their conduct in that realm is an important piece of the puzzle. By tracing how intimacy has figured in popular memory of the Founders from their own lifetimes to the recent past, Sex and the Founding Fathers shows that sex has long been used to define their masculine character and political authority, and has always figured in civic and national identity. Each generation has asked different questions about the Founders and their private lives, but Americans have consistently imagined and reimagined the private lives of the Founders through the lens of contemporary society. As Michael Kamen and others have argued, countries reconstruct their pasts rather than faithfully record them, and do so with the needs of contemporary culture clearly in mind. Gore Vidal has referred to our selective national memory as the United States of Amnesia. 
It is true that we tend to embrace the national narratives that we desire and forget those that we prefer to hide away. Stories about the founders' lives have always been told in ways that make use of the norms and ideals of the time period. Founders can never be embraced in their late 18th century context, for, as the saying goes, the past is a foreign country, and the founders lose their cultural utility when viewed as foreigners. Americans want to see themselves in their images, because these men, the men who created America, are by their actions the embodiment of the nation and of our national identity.